Coming up on this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society, we say hello to our new summer style icon, Pascal. It's dangerous to go alone, so the Nintendo Cartridge Society goes with it. Welcome to Nintendo Cartridge Society. My name is Patrick Ellers, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Mark Mitchell. We've got a good show for you today. We are going to be talking about the news from the week, including the reveal of a Pokemon MOBA and summer updates coming to Animal Crossing. And then on Thursday, we're going to be talking about the Switch reveal event, because E3 month is not really ending. It sort of is, but it's not really. In the meantime, Mark, how are you doing? I'm doing great. I uh, Can you believe that it is July, basically? No. Like, I this cannot. year continues to be a year, does it not? This year continues to be both a uh, 48-hour span and a decade and a half. <laughs> it crawls and flies at the same time. It's like uh, we're all yeah. living in those weird spaces in the Game of Thrones TV series where people would, like, suddenly be able to travel across, yes. you know, like, the entire continent mm-hmm. in, like, the blink of an eye. And you're like, I guess, like, theoretically, it took them a long time. But also, here they are. I feel like we are living in those subliminal spaces right now. We're living it, which means it was real, and you all <laughs> owe Benioff and Weiss an apology. <laughs> uh, speaking of people to whom you probably owe an apology, would you like to borrow my copy of Sonic Forces for the Nintendo Switch? You can. All you got to do is email us at Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com. gmail.com. And give us a mailing address, a physical mailing address. Can be a P.O. box, I guess. That's fine with me. I don't care. Um, and I send you my copy of the game in a little envelope. It gets to you. It comes back to me. Doesn't cost you anything. It is the perfect program. Mark, we've got some emails from some listeners I believe that we should address. Um, our first email comes from Ian. Ian writes, hey, guys, my sister and I were going to get a, are going to get a new Nintendo Switch, and besides Animal Crossing, what games should we get? Your pal Ian. Who? That is a blank canvas, Ian. It sure, it sure is. Uh, and uh, Ian followed up to to be like, hold on, wait, I want to make sure I'm getting these <laughs> the uh, sequence of uh, emails correct here. Um, uh, he says uh, also his uh, sister uh, is more into like simulation games and RPGs, uh, which leads me to believe that maybe he's a little bit more into like the action side of things. Um, but maybe we start with the simulation and RPG side of it. Okay. Um, this got sprung on me, so I had no time to prepare my answers. So I'm like going right. through. I'm going through. Like, my uh, Switch, like, Rolodex being like, okay, what can I recommend? Um, I mean, I think a good Switch starter pack would definitely include um, uh, Mario plus Rabbids Kingdom Battle. Absolutely. Um, A a great tactical turn-based. It's uh, cute and funny and fun. Uh, Great game. I can't recommend um, Kingdom Battle highly enough. Also, uh, I mean, look... 
I will recommend Dragon Quest Eleven S Echoes of an Elusive Age Definitive Edition until the day I die. I think um, it is the perfect Dragon Quest game. Um, I love it to pieces. You'll get so much um, good use out of it, and I think it is a a game that if you are hanging out with someone like Ian, if you and your sister are playing together, um, like it's not a game that it's not you know actually a co-op game, but it is definitely the kind of game that you can play together and like contribute um, just by watching and by making suggestions and stuff so dragon quest 11 for sure and and i guess depending on what you mean by simulation and depending on how old you guys are uh i picked up monster prom not that long ago which is like a uh, like monster dating sim um you're like in high school and you're trying to get different types of monsters to go to the prom with you it seems really straightforward but i actually found it to be like enjoyably complicated um but like not appropriate for all ages. So uh not yeah. appropriate for all ages, but like, you know, if if you're in like junior high school, I think you'll be fine. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's it's a horny game, but like it's it's super fun. And it does have good um local competitive play um that'll work really great with uh with the Joy-Cons. Uh again, there are two of you. Um so you know you should be playing that. You should be playing Box Boy and Box Girl. Um that's a fun uh two player. And snipper clips, like, my gosh, platform. snipper clips. Snipper clips. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Uh yeah, so those those are some those are good places to start. Is there anything uh like specifically for Ian like anything kind of like actiony uh that that comes to mind for you? Oh man, like n- you know, not outside of like the big hitters, right? Like I would be remiss if I don't mention like Breath of the Wild is something that you just like hands sure. down have to experience even if you previously haven't been into Zelda games. I think it's worth giving a shot. Um man, I'm I'm, I'm trying to th- think what else i mean i'll I'll go to bat for the messenger um every every time we do this um it feels like a very it's uh it starts off as a very like action platformer um where you're like a cool little ninja and then it turns into a metroidvania about halfway through the game um and is fun both before and after that transformation oh yeah and i loved katana zero um which is like a side-scrolling game where you use button combinations to try to like puzzle your way through um, different levels. Uh, you're all, it's all about like taking out enemies before they can take you out. And then you can like rewind time and restart things really quickly. Um, I, I really love that game. And there's DLC coming for it someday that's going to be free. <laughs> um, and I'm really looking forward to that. Also, don't overthink it. Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, uh, basically a perfect game. A new Super Mario Brothers U Deluxe. I and oh my gosh, uh, Tropical Freeze Deluxe. Yeah, there's a ton of great games. <laughs> Sorry, so we just gave, we just told you to play everything. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so. <laughs> Good luck, Ian. <laughs> uh, then we also got an email from Jason. Jason writes, uh, Dear Mark and Patrick, those are our names, uh, thank you for introducing me to E3. I was pretty young with all the, uh, pretty young when all the E3s you talked about came out and probably would have never watched them. I agree with you guys that Nintendo did a good job presenting the Wii U, but were kind of unclear about its po- about its abilities. I personally feel that it was doomed from the start and the intro didn't move me at all. When I watched the DS launch, I got really excited and it made me want to play my DS, even though I hate its touch, hate its touch controls. I feel like the Wii U seemed too similar to the Wii, and that's why no one bought it. I also agree that watching the Wii U only made me think of the Switch. I know Retro Month 
is over, but could you briefly talk about the first 10 minutes of the 2014 Nintendo Direct? It's it's a hilarious intro, and I'm curious about your thoughts. Thank you so much for making a great show. I really enjoy listening to it and uh, look forward to each episode. Jason. Uh, thank you, Jason. That's very nice of you. Um, I I wasn't sure that we were actually going to drive anyone back to watching these uh, E3 presentations, but it's cool to know that someone else is experiencing them with us. Yeah, absolutely. Especially when we were like, I don't, not like super positive about the uh, the Wii U one. But, uh, you know, weird and worth checking out, maybe. Um, so uh, Mark and I did sort of refresh ourselves on what the first 10 minutes of the 2014 Direct um were uh and it starts off with like a robot chicken sort of uh like thing with reggie and uh like someone heckling him in the crowd this is maybe nintendo at their most like baiting the audience (laughs) i also just like i mean hats off to robot chicken that is a franchise (laughs) with legs like surprising legs it's like the tosh.0 of uh like stop motion (laughs) animation where it just like uh Robot Chicken, you know, was like when I was in college and yeah, then it's been around was forever. still it still existed in 2014 and still persists in some form today. Yeah, I mean it's like Family Guy in that regard, right? Right. <laughs> um so and then like the uh, that's like the first like minute or so and then after that it is basically a big Smash Brothers blowout um leading from the reveal of the Me Fighters um and specifically of you know Reggie and uh Miyamoto or and Iwata. Iwata. Yeah, and yeah. like the way they do it is like I mean they are beating each other up in in real life essentially. Like uh, uh like Reggie gets sucked into the game and he's like fighting Iwata and then they turn into them their me selves. It's pretty funny like I mean really this was the height of like uh we were in a golden age of Nintendo Direct silliness. Like I think the next year is when we got Puppet um reggie and puppet awada and puppet miyamoto like um, it may have even been in the same year right because i don't know that that was a uh an e3 presentation but just a nintendo direct oh yeah it could have been yeah so like you know we were again like we talked about before it watching these e3s was a little bit like hanging out with our friends and they like it was total cold of personality where they were just having fun and like doing these kind of like off the wall bonkers things yeah and i mean it's uh there are like some ways that it can be a little bit frustrating, especially when you're watching these things live where you're like, I just want to know what Nintendo games I'm going to be playing next year. And they're like, uh, here's a, here's a sketch about uh, us, you know, being mean to our fans. And then like, here's another sketch about (laughs) us fighting. Like it's also, well, and like, especially because um, smash for Wii U is teased in the 2011 uh presentation this is three years later and they're still like yeah i don't know show show them smash again i don't know but i think like you know we've talked about in the past how like you know we are as fans we are just insatiable right like as soon as you tell us uh reveal new games or you tell us news like we're like okay great but like what's next like you know we uh even on this show, we're like, okay, we like, there's a Nintendo Direct. Let's talk about like what wasn't in the Direct. Um, and <laughs> we're I, the worst. <laughs> and I feel, I feel like, uh, you know, I, I didn't really remember uh, the 2014 one specifically, but I do think that those moments of like fun and silliness are what people actually remember from those. And it's not really yeah. the game reveals. 
Yeah, no, I, I, I think that's right. Especially because like a game reveal uh after after the game has come out, the game reveal doesn't really like register anymore. You know, it doesn't mean anything anymore. Yeah. Um, so thank you for writing in, Jason, and thank you for sending us back to 2014. As we mentioned at the top of the show, um, we're, we're not done looking back at Nintendo presentations. Um, we are, uh, who was it on Twitter that suggested that we, um, s- sorry, we're, uh, dro- dropping We'll know name. for we, Thursday. We'll shout you out on Thursday. Um, uh, suggested that, um, it is a shame that we go out on a down note discussing the 2011, uh, presentation. So we are going to talk about the, uh, 2016, uh, no, it was, uh, it was like January, 2017. Was it January, 2017? Outrageous. Um, so we're, we're going to go back and talk about that. I know we have recorded and released an episode about this when we were, but a baby podcast, um, but we're not going to go back and uh, refer to that at all. Um, <laughs> I, we're just going to go into a cold. It's going to be great. Also, it was um, Jason. It was yes. Jason who recommended we do this. Thank you, Jason. Um, uh, all right. Uh, well, let's uh, talk about what we've been playing this week. My copy of Ring Fit Adventure has arrived. It is in my home. And my muscles are sore now because of it. <laughs> no, it's so okay. So uh, I yeah. the the Ring Fit Adventure. I I am loving it. I uh, yeah. I'm totally sold on this game. I was telling my, my family over the weekend. I was like, you should all buy this. Um, if if you can find it, like I think find it's it. awesome. I'm totally sold. But I for now have adopted a every other day schedule, and but after the first time, my muscles were so so sore that it was like I. I did it, waited three days, and now I'm on like an every other day <laughs> schedule. Uh, because so, after that first yeah. time, it was unbelievable how sore I was. Well, and you played through the whole like first area the, your first time, right? Right. Um, on my first try, I just did the first, le- like the, the two opening levels. And then I was like sweaty and, you know, it was like, do you want to go into the boss fight? And I was like, I can't do that. Now. <laughs> um, so I, I put it down and like you waited two days. Um, uh, and then when I went back to it, I did, I started back at the beginning and did like all three of them, uh, back to back. And then uh, was like, okay, great. Now I'm going to get on an every other day, which is where I am now. Um, so today was a day off for me. I'm back on tomorrow. Um, I'm in the middle of the second world. Uh, and yeah, I think, I think it's great. Uh, it's so um, like encouraging and dorky. And I love um, like, I, I don't know if I just haven't played it enough yet, but like the, the voice cues aren't annoying to me. Um, I never feel like the game is being like patronizing to me, even when it's telling me I'm doing something perfectly. I, uh, I, I agree. I, t- I take, I take the note. I, uh, um, I play it on yeah. mute. I, I like put my own headphones oh, in and like listen to music. But one of the things I really appreciate about it, I appreciate about it is um like, you play for maybe like like 15 minutes of exercise because the timer yeah. only like counts when you're moving. And then it's like, hey, do you want to stop? And I'm like, yeah, I actually, I guess I do. Like, I don't know. There's something that it feels very like, um, like when you work out with a personal trainer, they are all about like, ki- like 
pushing you to the limit, right? Yeah. Like, they, like, um, and Ring Fit Adventure is not like that at all. And I'm, like, really no. appreciating it. Where it's just like, yeah, like, you should take a break so you want to do this tomorrow. Like, don't, like, kill yourself today and not want to come back. Like, just, like, you know... Um, and if you want to really push yourself, you can, like, you can crank up the difficulty. Uh, I don't know. I feel like it's just found, at least for me, it is, um, like, it's just really smart. Like it finds like that sweet spot of difficulty where you're like, oh yeah, I'm obviously like pushing myself, but not like killing myself. Um, I, it like the way that it's set up where you choose what exercise you want to do. I find that like, I'm like changing it up every time I do it. And so I'm working yep. different muscles in a way that I haven't before. But like if you were working out, you know, like at a gym, like they would encourage you to do. Uh, I like how the the war like the cool down, like the stretches at the end. Um it you know, there are like set stretches, but the order or the one like they will incorporate different ones depending on like which muscles yeah. you worked and so I don't know. It just uh, you know, I've only done it for about a week, but it still feels like fresh and I find like the tips when you're doing it, when it's like, yeah, like straighten your back and you're like, oh, right, straighten my back, like all that kind of stuff. I am just really shocked, really shocked. Yeah. And it, I mean, it's, it's wonderful the way it, uh, like you said, like kind of threads the needle of like um, just being the right balance of like inviting you back and pushing you while you're doing it. Um, you know, every time you turn it on, it checks with you to be like, hey, last time, was that too hard? Were, were we too hard last time? And you can be like, it was hard, but I think it's, I think that's right. And, you know, like it asks you to confirm, like you maybe a little bit easier or like a little bit tougher, like no, right where it is. Um, so like the game is very interested in you having the kind of experience you want to have with it. Um, and I, yeah, I think it's, it's just r- remarkable in that regard. Uh, I got my, my, my husband into it. So like he's doing it as well. Um, awesome. Yeah, and oh, total sidebar. But you know, in the past, like I've been like, oh yeah, my husband not really like a gamer doesn't, and I, I have found in this quarantine that that is not true. He's just not interested <laughs> in like console games. But he probably like he's been playing games on his phone, and he uh, recently deleted SimCity because he was putting a, he was putting a lot of time in Sim, into SimCity. Like he was playing. I was telling him, I'm like, you play more video games than I do. Because when he find when he finds a game he likes on mobile, yeah. like he's like super into it. It's just like console gaming doesn't um, mean anything to him, and so it's like yeah. it's 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 interesting because it's like yeah, like my hu- my husband who I always was like oh he's not really a gamer. It's like he plays way more video games than I do. <laughs> um, outside of uh, Ring Fit Adventure, uh, Sarah and I are still playing Animal Crossing. Uh, New Horizons. We completed our version of the Hollywood Bowl, um, complete with a stage and a grand piano that, yeah, we're keeping outside, but whatever. <laughs> um, and, you know, like terraced seating and like uh, there's like a wine bar up there and we made like a ticket counter that has like the Hollywood Bowl logo on it. And just traffic as far as the eyes, eyes can see. That's right. Just cars everywhere <laughs> in all directions. Um, and uh, in so doing, we got our island to the five-star rating. Wow. Yep. We have the, uh, the lily of the valley is growing in, uh, on our island. And uh, we both have uh, gold watering cans. So we're making all kinds of crazy flowers. Um, yeah. It's, uh, you know, we're going to talk about the updates coming to Animal Crossing. Um, but I'm starting to feel like, uh-oh. We just we just hit that bar, and I don't know what to keep doing in this game. 
Congratulations, though. That's awesome. Thank you. Uh, I've I've been playing the Outer Worlds on Switch still. Um, still really enjoying it. Again, like can't recommend the port to people. The uh, handheld mode is rough. It's not too bad when it's on TV when you uh, have docked it. And then I also picked up uh, Star Wars Episode One Racer, which was uh, released on Switch last week. And um, it's uh, so I think it's my first time buying one of these like. Um, like ports or one of these like it's not even it's not a remake like upscales so yeah and it's really funny because i I, i'm enjoying it it's episode one racer and um that part of it is a lot of fun but like taking the i don't know if they're like ps1 graphics or n64 i don't know what the port was based on n64 yeah and then just like up it like making it like really crisp and hd like I almost just wish it was a port of the N64 version with all of its yeah. like crappy graphics. Um, the, uh, but it's still fun. It's like uh, it's it's a fun game. It's fun being in that like uh, Episode One world back in yeah. like the excitement of the prequels. Um, so for that part, I'm I'm really enjoying it. Um, so I, I ended up not getting, uh, episode one racer, um, but did spend a little time this weekend playing, uh, Star Wars racer revenge, um, which is the, uh, the sort of sequel slash like remake remake. I don't, I don't really know what the relationship between these games is. Um, but it's the same basic gameplay, but just with more stuff to it. Um, and I think I'm happy just having like that experience. I don't know that I need to go back to the original episode one racer. Um, I didn't put it in the news, but uh, the Outer Worlds developers uh, ha- have announced that they are working on a patch to improve uh, Switch performance. So, you know, maybe uh, maybe you still won't ever be able to recommend this version <laughs> of the game, but it could be a little bit better. Yeah, I'll be, I will be really interested to see what that uh, patch accomplishes. Because, um, I, yeah, I, I don't know how much you can polish it. But uh, every little bit would help. Um, All right. So that's what we've been playing this week. Let's get into the new releases and what we might be playing next week. Today, June 30th, The Legend of Heroes Trails of Cold Steel 3 is released for Switch. This is a uh, Falcom series, I think, that has been on PC and PlayStation 4. Um, And the third entry is being released on switch and then we got confirmation that the fourth entry will be coming to switch later next year as well um now i i feel like uh trails of cold steel is uh, a series that we've called out on a on a couple different occasions as like a little bit of a curiosity uh is it something that either of us want to play at some point so i downloaded you played a demo right i i downloaded the demo and i played a little bit of the demo but i have to tell you that i thought the demo was a really bad introduction to the game or i'm assuming it's a really bad introduction to the game um it just kind of like threw i don't know it didn't pique my interest at all like uh i played the demo for maybe you know like 20 minutes and i was like i don't get this i don't really understand what's happening i don't understand the systems this doesn't seem fun um, I, it does have like a catch up thing where you can read a lot about what happened in, uh, the first two games to get all caught up. Yeah. Uh, I imagine there's going to be, if they don't already exist, YouTube videos that can kind of, um, get you there a little bit better, but it's a, it's a series that I've like heard really good things about, but like, I just know that I'm never going to be able to get into because I feel like I'd have to play the first two games or at least invest time to understand what's going on in the first two games 
and well, and that that a, also may not for me. that may not be enough either because the Trails of Cold Steel series is like a spinoff series of like another like RPG strategy series. Oh boy! So I mean, this may be one of those unwinnable fights, like ever truly understanding a Persona game or something. <laughs> you know? But I guess what I'm hoping is that for people who played the first two games on other platforms and pr- and maybe the third one because it's been out, you know, everywhere for a long time and yeah. you're like I love that game and I would love to play it portably um and assuming it didn't also already come out on the Vita which is a strong possibility um <laughs> what I'm saying is like I guess it's nice that it's uh that it's on the platform even though I personally I mean, have no it, intentions yeah. of playing it Especially since it uh, portends the release of the fourth one as well. So, <laughs> right, yeah, another game that there is no chance that we will play. Right. Never gonna play. <laughs> um, also, the wonderful one hundred one remastered came, uh, is released on retail today. Uh, man, I think this port bit it hard when it was oh really uh, released digitally, and um, yeah, I I I don't think anybody cared. Um, even though it was successfully kickstarted, it seems like all the people that wanted it, uh, backed it and got it, got their copy that way. Yeah, that that's what it, that's what it seems. Also, I saw like a headline, didn't investigate it, didn't look into it. So, you know, for whatever that's worth, which is not much, um, that people who bought the the who backed like the physical copy are having to pay import tax on it, which um, oh. not like the kind of surprise uh you want. But again, unverified. What do I know? I like half remember a headline. And then on uh, Thursday, July 2nd, Biped is released. Yeah, and Biped is like a little 3D puzzle platformer, like co-op sort of game um, where you play as like little robots on a planet trying to do stuff. It looks really cute um, and is a, a game that I, I I feel like was in a Nintendo indie showcase or so, something along those lines um, and is one that I want to uh, you know reinvestigate and see if it is uh, something I'd actually want to play. Uh, all right. Um, those. That's it. Those are the new releases. All right, Mark. Let's close this out. Now it's time for a regular segment on our show. It's time for 433. In 1952, American composer John Cage wrote a piece called 433, wherein a performer or group of performers didn't play their instruments for 4 minutes and 33 seconds. For the purposes of this show, our instruments are talking about Nintendo. So, for the duration of one performance of 433, Mark and I will talk about something not at all Nintendo-related, thus fulfilling the contract of the piece. Uh, Mark, we have unfinished business in 433 uh so this is a rare 433 part two let's call it 434 (laughs) (laughs) um we are ranking the disney animated movies of the 1990s now these are just the big theatrical releases there's no pixar in here um there's some other like the uh goofy movies not in here um right it had to be released by walt disney feature animation there we go. Um, and so we we had our the bottom uh, of, of this 10 movie list. Um, Pocahontas is at number 10. The Rescuers Down Under is at number 9. Number 8 is Tarzan. Number 7, Hercules. And number 6 is Fantasia 2000. Um, and I th- think that's right. I didn't actually, uh, looking back at our notes, uh, I don't know that we placed Hunchback and Fantasia necessarily. Um, I think fa- I feel good about where Fantasia is. Like, I feel good okay. about that being uh, the remaining being the top five. Although I have to admit, outside of Mulan, 
um, and seen like the computer animated Lion King. Um, I haven't seen any of the remaining movies for like a long time. So a lot of this is just based on memory. Um, and let's recap what those movies are. Uh, so the, for the remainder of the top five, we have Beauty and the Beast, Aladdin, The Lion King, Hunchback of Notre Dame, and Mulan. Um, so you think you're going off mostly memory uh, yeah. for most of this. I mean, I guess I saw the live-action remake of Beauty and the Beast, which was real bad. I saw the mm-hmm. live-action remake of Aladdin, which was fine. Um Saw the remake of The Lion King, which was, I actually liked less than I liked the remake of Aladdin. Um, yeah. You've seen a lot of these remakes. I haven't seen any of them. I mean, I, what can I say? I am like the sucker sucker audience that like, yeah, (laughs) Yeah. exactly. Um, I tell you what though, I will see this remake of Mulan in a heartbeat if it ever comes out. (laughs) Um, Uh, when we, when, uh, Sarah and I saw the rise of Skywalker for the second time. So not, not the time that we saw it with you, Mark. Um, we, uh, had been out drinking before and then went to this movie. So I was, I was pretty drunk, uh, when the trailer started rolling, but the trailer for Mulan started. And like, by the time they started like kicking into the, uh, reflections, like the orchestrated, Mm -hmm. uh, music cue, I was bawling <laughs> like i could not control my emotions i'm very excited for that movie i like mulan an, an awful lot me too i so i i think mulan is the only one of the movies on here that like consistently moves me to tears i mean so lion king will do that to me as well um and i think lion king is probably the best movie on here um i think it suffers a lot in the last like 20 minutes of Lion King I think is uh, kind of boring and bad when he becomes um, an adult like, when he becomes an adult and they go back to Pride Rock and I'm just like I don't know like the 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 fight like I don't really care about like he's back I feel like he should just going back is the hard part right right um but everything else I feel like the first hour of that movie is you know almost perfect so I like Hunchback a lot uh I, or I okay. like I like the ambition of Hunchback a lot um yes uh, I think like parts of it are like really interesting and powerful, but it has obviously like huge tonal problems. So I think it's fair yeah. to put it next. I think like at number five. Okay. Uh, I think that that is that's where I put it. I you know I, there's another world where I argue for it being uh below Fantasia, but it that's not this world. Um. <laughs> so then, so we we think. I, I would say that uh, my top is probably uh, Lion King and Mulan. Um, yeah, and then, I'm happy with that. Okay. Um, so the, those are going to be number one and two, which just means we need to decide uh, Beauty and the Beast and Aladdin. Where do they go? So Aladdin, ugh, I, I don't know. Aladdin is like fun. Um, yeah. Aladdin I, I, is fun, yeah. but I feel like Beauty and the Beast is probably a better movie. Yeah, I think I think you're right. I think you're right. Um, okay. Uh, I don't know why I'm getting no audio from from this clip of 433. That was the applause it's right there. <laughs> uh, but we're 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 just going to uh, r- run down 
um, our, our list here. Um, coming in at number one is The Lion King. Number two is Mulan. Number three is Beauty and the Beast. Number four is Aladdin. Number five is Hunchback. Six is Fantasia. 2007 is Hercules. Eight is Tarzan. Nine is The Rescuers Down Under. And number 10 is Pocahontas. Uh, we were accompanied today by the students from the Royal Center School of Speech and Drama Music Theater Department, conducted by Paul Barker. All right, Mark, let's get into the news. So last Wednesday, the Pokemon Company uh, promised a big reveal, and reveal it was. Um, they showed off a new MOBA-esque game called Pokemon Unite. They sure did. <laughs> it's a free-to-start MOBA that is, or like MOBA-like. I don't know that it's like entirely fair to call it a MOBA, MOBA, but it has like the same sort of setup as like a League, to, a League of Legends where there's like an arena and there's different um, like paths, like a middle path and like a left and a right one. So the setup is very similar. It's going to be coming to Switch and mobile platforms with cross-play between the two. It's being uh, co-developed by Tencent, the Chinese company, and T-I-M-I Studios, um, Timmy maybe, Timmy, uh, Call mm. of Duty Mobile, and Arena Val Valor developers. Arena Valor, a game that uh, showed up on Switch not that long ago and is like just a straight-up MOBA. Yeah, so we don't know when this is, uh, when this is coming out necessarily, um, and it seems like this has been a a little bit of a, a, uh, a, a fire point here for fans. Um, I think mostly because the week before the Pokemon company had, you know, revealed a handful of other games, uh, including Pokemon, new Pokemon Snap, which is a very exciting, like kind of fan servicey, uh, you know, it's a game that people want to play. Um, and then tease that like, there's this other, this other separate uh, event that we're going to hold for this other separate game announcement. Um, and then it turns out to be Pokemon Unite, which, you know, I don't know. I don't think the Pokemon fans are super excited about a MOBA, um, but like, are, are MOBA fans excited about a MOBA? <laughs> they must I don't be, know, right? but like, um, I feel like trying to please uh, Pokemon fans is a fool's game, right? That's, because that's a great point. Because <laughs> there's like, uh, as much as we group them together, there's no like collective, like you know, like entity known as Pokemon fans, and the loudest ones are like always going to be the ones that are like disappointed by something. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't know. I mean, for me personally, this doesn't move me, but I think that people would be wrong to like, um, undersell it. It's, you know, a Pokemon game by a huge developer who has had lots of success in this arena before, um, maybe introducing like the idea of MOBA to people who otherwise wouldn't necessarily be interested in it. Like, I don't know. I, I think it has the potentials of being like a real juggernaut. And also, you know, like uh, Pokemon have been successfully integrated into a number of different, um, you know, the genres of gaming. Um, and just because, uh, you know, they're, they're not like the uh, normal like turn-based RPG or just because they don't look like the rest of the Pokemon games doesn't mean that they're not going to be uh, either decent or even very good. Yeah, totally. And I feel like it's such like a hard um, like uh, rope to tow where you're like, okay, like I feel like we see Nintendo sometimes struggle with the same sort of thing where it's like, yeah, like you have these characters and 
you know, you want to continue to like do new things with them and try different things. But then also at the same time, you know, like Nintendo, I feel like, especially in the Wii U era, there was a lot of complaints where it's like, man, just like slap Mario on anything and, you know, just like uh, call it a day. So uh, yeah, I I don't know. Like it's the Pokemon company. It's an impossible situation. Like what, what else are they going to do? You know? Yeah. And you know, it's, this year, uh, like, I don't think there is a mainline Pokemon game this year, right? Like, I think that's what the, the Sword and Shield DLC is out here to accomplish. Uh, and then all of these uh, little games are just sort of going to be peppered in here to uh, sort of fill out that roster. And the next time we'll see, like, a big mainline game, either, you know, Gen 9, but probably not. Um, probably more of, like, a, a Let's Go second gen or something like that uh, that we'll see in, like, 2021 is my guess yeah i think that makes a ton of sense um oh animal crossing is getting a new summer update uh launching later this week it goes into effect on july 3rd the updates includes swimming in the ocean and diving for sea creatures uh you get in order to swim you'll have to purchase a wetsuit from nook's cranny and then the hero of uh this update in my eyes is the sea otter pascal who uh you meet out in the ocean and will provide new do-it-yourself recipes for like mermaid themed stuff and i love pascal my heart melts for pascal uh this is great i'm so excited for this the idea of that that there's space like on or around your island that you haven't been able to explore and you will be able to explore uh is so much uh, like that's that blows my mind uh and i'm it i'm super excited for like another set of you know pointless garbage that i can pick up every day <laughs> and try to sell the nook's cranny or craft into something um or i think it, donate it, to it, the museum too oh yeah yeah um i love, I love having the, new stuff to donate i love that pascal has like a kind of like a jacques cousteau like steve zizou type thing yes. going on for him um, also, Col- Gulliver gets some new duds. Looks like he's wearing some pirate clothes now. Yeah. What? So Gulliver is one of my least favorite island visitors. Mm-hmm. Um, you got to talk to him like six times before he even wakes up. And then he's like, find the pieces of my phone. But it takes him like 20 minutes to say it. Um, and then you do it. And then you don't want to give him the pieces of the phone because you're trying to save up to get 50 pieces of rusted phone parts so you can eventually craft that robot someday. And then he's just stuck on your island. Yeah, it like that is the same thing every time. Like when the other islanders come, you're like, oh, cool. I get to like do something. Like I give them something and they give me something. Like it's fun to see them. When Gulliver shows up, yeah, like it's this pretty much the same dialogue every time, the same routine. He doesn't do anything different. Yeah. So yeah, maybe the pirate, uh, maybe the pirate clothes pretend something um new. Although my guess is that it'll be uh Gulliver doing the same Gulliver stuff, just with a new pair of duds. Uh, I, look, if it changes his dialogue at all, I'm <laughs> all for it. Um, do you have to talk to him in order to like trigger the the phone pieces being in the beach? You do, yeah. Um, and you have to talk to him all of the time so that he'll stand up and tell you that uh, he's looking <laughs> for phone pieces. Um, you will. You also get a snorkel and a mask just as a thank you for updating. And there's going to be another update in like a month from now in early August. Look, I think they've sold too many copies of this game to not support it aggressively for at least a year. Um, 
that's uh yeah i'm i'm a i am eagerly looking forward to look the seasons always bring something new to animal crossing but i think this first year with new horizons is really going to be uh, like some for real something new and something big uh, every month every season yeah i think so too because you know like when the game launched it didn't have a lot of these events in place and they said you'll have to do updates you know for like the winter events and the fall events and all that kind of stuff but yeah, once they get through that year and all of those are like in place and in the game, like what does that look like afterwards? I think will be interesting to see. I mean, part of me is like, obviously this is a great way to get people to like go back to the game if they like left it um, like me. But also like I would have to do a lot of work to get to the point where yeah. um, I would need to, I would like really be able to take advantage of it. So I don't know, like part of me wishes I... I don't know, like maybe would have left my island in some sort of state that I could just hop in and uh, like check this stuff out. No one told you to reset your island. Mark. <laughs> no, that no. That was a choice I've... you made on your own. Yep. Uh, hasty so wait, decision. Are we, are we still uh, like friends in Animal Crossing, even though like you reset everything? I don't think so because I don't have like, um, I might have... I don't even know if I've if I got to the point of renaming my new island. You know what I mean? Oh, okay, yeah, sure. So I, um, uh, yeah. Hmm. Well, so we need to re. You need to play one day of Animal Crossing so that we can have you over and you can see the Hollywood Bowl. Yeah, and that's it. Oh, yeah, that's that's a good point. I just need to get to the point where I can travel to somebody else's island. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I uh, yes, that seems achievable. I will do that. Oh, hey, this is what came as like a huge surprise, but I'm kind of excited by it. Bloodstained Curse of the Moon is getting a sequel, and it's coming out on Switch on July 10th, which is crazy. So um, Curse of the Moon, the first one, was like a, uh, a, a Kickstarter backer like side project that like people unlocked. It was a stretch goal. A stretch goal, that's what you call it, yeah. And um, it was developed by Inti Creates. And uh, it's like Castlevania 3, basically. Um, and you and I both played it. I think we both thought it was really fun. And yeah, the sequel kind of came out of nowhere. Of yeah, and the, the sequel's coming out real soon. I, sorry, did you mention uh, July 10th is when it's coming? I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> well, then let's mention it here. July 10th, uh, Bloodstained, Curse of the Moon 2. Um, it's co- it's coming with uh, three additional characters uh, a- a- in addition to the uh, four from the first game. So that's seven playable characters. And unlike the first one, this one has uh, local co-op multiplayer, which is super fun and super cool. I like, kept scrolling through the announcement to be like, is there online multiplayer? And it turns out, no, there is not. <laughs> um, but it's still, it's still a, a good, super fun feature. Um, man, the, the, the first game was so fun, so like simple, and just like exactly what I want from a Castlevania-esque experience. Um, to the point where I never, I haven't played the, the real Bloodstained game. Rich, what, what's it called? I think it is like Ritual of Ritual the Night or of something the night. like that. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Every uh, Castlevania and Bloodstained uh, subtitle is nonsense. (laughs) (laughs) Something of the something. So this game will be $14.99, which is $5 more than the original was. Um, But yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to this. Yeah, I'm I'm in. All the way in. Nintendo held their 80th annual shareholders, shareholders meeting last week. And Nintendo president Shintaro Furukawa had two sort of interesting things that he brought up. 
Um, first, he said that Switch production has now ramped back up to pre-COVID-19 levels, and stock is expected to get back up, so Switches will be more readily available later in the summer. And uh, Which is good, because Switches have been in uh, fairly short supply. Um, you know, Obviously, we have been talking on the show about how the Ring Fit Adventure was uh, essentially nowhere to be found, and they're getting back to really stocking that. Um, which has allowed both of us to uh, buy copies of it. Um, it's good to know that these switches, you know, following in that same sort of path and that they're going to be able to get those on shelves soon. And then he also made a comment about games that are due out by the end of this fiscal year, uh, saying that while like development has been affected by people having to work from home, titles that are planned for this fiscal year or that were planned for this fiscal year are still expected to come out in that same time frame. So it sounds like they're not planning any, like, there there were no major delays, is what it sounds like. Yeah, I mean, the the slightly frustrating part about that from, like, a fan perspective is that, like, Nintendo's been pretty uh, secretive about their plans for the second half of this year. Um, I mean, like, right now, really all we know is the uh, Paper Mario game coming out in a couple weeks. Um, and then after that, the rest of the calendar is a one big question mark. Um, and uh, I... I just, I just want to know. I just want to know what we're going to be playing. Yeah, me too. Me too. Um, but something, I guess, is 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 the answer. <laughs> there is something still going to come out by the end of the year. And really, fiscal year. And really, like you know, um, if E three was two or three weeks ago, like it was supposed to be, we really only would have been like two or three weeks. You know, like having two or three. We're only yeah. two or three weeks removed from having the information we would have. Which, by the way, was usually not everything that we got for the year. There was usually a big Nintendo Direct in September that, like, also had reveals. So, but I, I agree, like, it is weird to be in this, like, period of, like, not knowing. And I felt like, I feel like we've kind of spent the entire year not knowing. Um, we've gotten, like, little, like, six, six weeks increments. But, like, the whole end of the year and kind of, like, what's looming is still a huge question mark. Yeah. Well, and, you know, watching all of these E3 presentations from from the past uh, has, you know, sort of illuminated for me that, like, Nintendo doesn't have, uh, you know, back-to-back-to-back years of just, like, wall-to-wall games. Um, you know, the the launch years of the Switch, the like, the first two or three years of Switch, have been pretty intense as far as releases go. So it kind of makes sense that, like, we are in a period now that is not as rapid fire. And I could be proven wrong, and, you know, we get uh, some sort of Nintendo presentation in the next month or so, and we've got games, uh, you know, three or four games from uh, now until the end of the year that actually mean something. Um, But... Well, also, maybe we just don't. And maybe this is just a, one of the quieter years for Nintendo. Yeah, totally. Um, Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles is getting a free light version. So this is the remake of the GameCube game that will be coming out uh, fairly soon. I think in just a couple months, right? Um, uh, August 27th. There, yeah, there you go. The, uh, the light version lets players explore the first three dungeons with up to four other players online. So it kind of acts as a demo. But the really exciting thing to me about this is that you'll be able to play with people who have the full version of the game. So um, if the host of your like party has the full version, like they bought the full game, then you'll be able to play all 13 dungeons with them, which is awesome. Because the idea of the, like, 
if you bought it and then three of your friends would also have to buy the game in order to play it online, like that seems crazy to me. So the fact that there's this like free version or light version that'll allow yeah, you totally to like cool. get your friends to play with you if you own it is such an awesome idea. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it's super cool. And I, it, it's, it's one of those moves that you don't really see um, from uh, developers all that much. Uh, and so like, it's just really, really awesome to see them doing this yeah because like the bar for entry the is even lower because it'll have cross play with switch ps4 and mobile which i had yeah, i didn't even realize there was a mobile version of this game coming out no it's incredible so, so it becomes like so much easier to get like your friend if you own it on switch or and your friend owns it on ps4 and like you have friends that don't own a system you know like the it just becomes so much easier to get people to play with you which is so nice for a game like this where you know crystal chronicles was predicated on multiplayer and having everybody cooperate together um so i was uh, i was excited to see that they were offering this cross play between uh switch ps4 and mobile uh, and it got me thinking like you know we've seen a lot of cross play and cross play announcements recently but I can't remember there being another example of a Japanese development uh, team offering it. It's usually coming out of like, you know, uh, Rocket League or Fortnite or, you know, and anything else along those lines. I think this is the first big Japanese developer to uh, offer crossplay, um, which just, uh, you know, adds fuel to the fire that like, that's the wave of the future. We're all just doing crossplay now. Yeah, which is uh, really, like, exciting and fun to see. So we've been talking about, like, leaked pictures of Super Nintendo Land at Universal Studios Japan. And originally it was supposed to open this summer um, before the 2020 Summer Olympics in Tokyo. But then uh, the Olympics got delayed until sometime next year. And I guess it was, it was kind of like an open question, like, what would happen with Super Nintendo Land? Were they going to go ahead and open this summer um, when Universal Studios Japan was able to reopen? And the uh, we have an official answer now, and the answer is no. They are going to delay it indefinitely. They kind of like, they. Uh, it's like, well, you know, we said it was going to open before the 2020 Summer Olympics, and technically that'll still be true because that is our plan. We just plan to do it sometime next year. I love that the 2020 Olympics are going to happen in 2021. <laughs> and I pray that we all insist on calling them the 2020 Olympics. <laughs> and I hope that future Olympic historians have a hard time remembering why the Olympics happened when they happened and why we call them the year that they don't take place in. Yeah. I'm, I'm very excited about it. Uh, this is where, you know, you got to love like nomenclature and like copyright law because you yes. know. You know, like that, like that NBC broadcast is yeah. all going to be like plastered with like 2020, you know, like Olympic Games because that's what they're called, and that is what Tokyo, you know, has like in in Japan have sunk billions of dollars into hosting, and yeah. everything's predicated on that like 2020. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, April's NPD report revealed some impressive sales numbers for Switch hardware. Analyst Michael Pachter noted that the Switch's April sales of 808,000 uh, were way ahead of initial estimates by like double. Like initial estimates were about 400,000. Um, additionally, that's more Switch sales than the PS4 and Xbox One combined. 
which is uh, crazy and restricted by supply too, right? Like um, they sold that many switches in April because that's how many switches were out there to sell. Um, uh, if they were more readily available, they probably would have sold more. Yeah, like they have pretty much been, they've been like Ring Fit Adventure on Amazon where they go like in and out of stock um, and yeah. you have to like catch one really quickly. Um, it can like switch dollar sales year to date are also the highest on record. Um, and uh, so th- when NPD talks about, um, well, I guess they say it right there, it's all about dollar sales. Uh, so for the first like four months of the year from January to April. Uh, which is again uh, uh, another I- impressive, uh, impressive line for the switch to have crossed. Overcooked Two is getting some free summer themed DLC called Suns Out, Buns Out. Um, parents hide your children. It includes new chefs, new recipes, and new levels. And it's coming to Steam on July fifth, uh, and will be coming to consoles later. Uh, I maintain that July 5th is a weird day to release anything. It's the <laughs> Sunday after the 4th of July. Why would you release summer-themed anything after the 4th of July and on a Sunday? I don't get it. <laughs> Do you know what I was thinking? I was uh, thinking about Mario Kart Wii the other day, and I remember going to Best Buy to pick it up, and that was back in the day when Nintendo released first-party games on Sunday. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's was only within the, like. Was that also right after the Fourth of July? <laughs> I don't actually can't. I I think uh I think Mario Kart Wii was like a um uh around like Memorial Day. I think it was like a spring release. But I think um, that's right. Uh, but yeah, like I, it's only been I think since the Wii U generation that Nintendo shifted to releasing their games on Friday. Uh, April two thousand eight is when. Uh, Mario Kart Wii came out. Man. Uh, oh, hey, remember a few years, a couple of weeks, I was going to say a few years. No, 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 no. <laughs> a couple of weeks ago when uh, we were theorizing that some new The World Ends With You content was in the works. Well, it looks like everything is pointing to it being a World's End With You anime. And uh, we don't have any details about it now, but we can expect to learn more at Anime Expo Light this weekend, potentially another July 5th reveal. <laughs> possibly um and you know we wouldn't normally be talking about like a the world ends with you um anime but we were speculating uh, a couple weeks ago uh, about you know is this a a sequel or something uh, and no it turns out it's just an anime <laughs> which is funny because like i had forgotten about this because i was conflating it with the same speculation we were having about kingdom hearts mm, yes yes <laughs> Uh, we speculate too much on this show. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, um, Tetris 99 is hosting its 14th Tetris Maximus Cup this weekend. The special theme this time is Xenoblade Chronicles Definitive Edition. And like always, score 100 points. And the theme is yours forever. It's taking place um, July 3rd through July 6th. And, uh, oh, speaking of Tetris 99, so I missed out on the can't remember which one it was but there was like one there was a theme that i missed out on um the first Uh time and i think you can buy them with tickets now so if you like earn (gasps) enough tickets you can buy themes that you missed previously i feel so betrayed by that (laughs) and it's good i'm glad (laughs) i'm convinced that was very convincing and double (laughs) finally 
Uh, Dr. Mario World has revealed a new doctor. It's Dr. Baby Wario, a baby character that I thought did not canonically exist until Patrick brought it to my attention. Um, this marks Baby Wario's only second appearance in a game, his first being Yoshi's Island DS in 2006. Um, also, it you know raises the, the question of, is Dr. Baby Wario a separate character from Baby Wario? Uh, are they all separate from Dr. Wario and Wario? Uh, it, it raises a lot of questions, and I assure you that Mark and I are going to get into it more deeply at a later date. <laughs> and yeah, that is a threat. <laughs> and a promise. All right, Mark, <laughs> let's get out of the news. Okay, that's going to do it for this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. Remember, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. But more than that, uh, please uh, wear a mask when you go outside. And thank you for everyone who's been doing it. Um, it's uh, inconvenient and occasionally uncomfortable, but I'm glad to see people wearing masks. Let's keep it up. I forget where I was in my wrap-up uh, spiel here. You can follow us on Twitter. Uh, on Twitter, I'm at Patrick underscore Ellers. Mark is at MKE Mitchell, and the show is at Nin cart society you can check out the facebook page which is just nintendo cartridge society uh olivia duncan made our logo our theme music is provided by ape betty you can get more of his music by going to ape or by listening right now for my co-host mark mitchell this is patrick ellers inviting you to the hollywood bowl on valhalla <laughs> and saying thanks for listening My name is Will Hines, and I am a ghostwriter, meaning I write other people's books for them. And I have a podcast called I Will Write Your Book, which are recordings of my meetings with my eccentric clients, such as a woman blocked after one sentence of a children's book about her dogs, a romance novelist who dislikes sex, and a man proud of having sampled everything in his local grocery store. This podcast has been described as fully improvised, played by some of the best comedians on the planet Earth. Hey, that's pretty good. That's I Will Write Your Book on Campfire Media. Campfire.